0: mentioned this past Wednesday that I would share with them uh, the two dreams that the Lord has given me. I've only had three bicycle dreams and um, um, in, a, um, in a dream the, if, if you're in a vehicle it represents your ministry your business possibly your job or represents the mechanism or the uh, or it represents the vehicle that is being used to move you forward into the future move you forward at a time, move you towards your destiny. Um, um, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes if you're never getting a dream, a vehicle dream, it means that you're not moving forward in life. You might be promoted on your job, but just because you're being promoted on your job doesn't mean you're moving forward in life. You have a road that you're on in the spirit. And um, and if you're not on that road correctly, um, then, uh, you, know, you know, but what does the Bible say? The Bible says you can gain the whole world and lose your own soul. So I just want to share with you some things because this next season is going to be different, um, a little bit more serious. I won't be changing anything about my character, but it will be a little bit more serious uh, in regards to some things. Um, um, you know, more and more, I, uh, I am able to uh, relate to Moses. You know, Moses was stuck in a rock in a hard place. You know, he had to, he had to deal with the heat from the people and he had to deal with the heat from God. He had to deal with the frustration of the people, and he had to deal with the frustration of God. You know, what's interesting is is that Moses very rarely missed it. I'm not saying that I have rarely missed it. I'm just saying, you know, that Moses very, it's just interesting. The Bible says he was the meekest man in the entire planet, and yet he found himself at odds with God and the people. Sometimes the people wanted to dismiss God. Sometimes God wanted to dismiss the people. Moses had to rebuke God a couple of times, and he had to rebuke the people all the time. And so he's stuck in the middle of this crap. And as a result of that, he ended up making a mistake because of dealing with frustration, and he ended up doing something, and he ended up not being able to go into the promised land. That's the worst thing in the world, to be the meekest man on the planet. You do the right thing, and people drive you crazy, and it causes you to get off. You know, and so that's the dangerous part of leadership. There are a lot of people. You know, the longer I do this, the more compassion I have on leaders, because, I, um, you know, I don't know how they do it. I see what I have to deal with, and I know I'm doing the right thing. And I don't know how they deal with it. And so, because people will drive you crazy. They really will. And so uh I was telling my your wife this morning, I'm still amazed at people who they come visit the church one time and they are expert on the entire ministry and want to rebuke me after being in the service one time. That's happening a lot more. It's an uptick, that's the enemy trying to frustrate me. Let me get this right. I've been doing this for seven years, and I'm supposed to listen to you on the first day. You know, at least be here for a minute before you rebuke the leader. You know what I'm saying? anyway whatever i'll let stuff going on out there look i'm one of them ones i listen to everything person i have to say okay and go right back to what i was doing before like the one lady told me i used to drink gatorade probably should go back to that she told me you know don't need to be drinking gatorade you need to be drinking water because it represents the holy spirit so i said okay and brought the gatorade right back to next sunday <laughs> you gotta do that, man. People make you lose your mind. And some people mean well, but sometimes it's just just be quiet, you know. I can understand if it's ripple or cognac or something, you know, or God. Anyway, Numbers 12, 6 through 8. So, but 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 let me let me say something you all. Um You wanna know what's really frustrating frustrating to God is when he has found a group of people that he might be able to do something epic with. But they won't come up and 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 that's going on a little bit with us today I'm gonna to share just quickly so only have 20 minutes now just quite quickly and you know the Bible says God chastises those that he loves those that are bearing a little bit of fruit he deals with you and chastises you so you bear more fruit so it's like if, if you show a little bit of potential with God He's like, okay, you know in the scripture it says the the eyes of the Lord go back and forth throughout the planet looking for someone. They got to keep looking because they can hardly find anyone. We got to look to see is there anybody through whom we can show ourselves strong. So they're looking. As soon as they find somebody like this might be a candidate of baptism right here. And then they start working with you and then you frustrate the grace of God because you won't come up. And so, and so I'm stuck in the middle of this, me trying to come up and trying to pull, you know, they say leadership is you going to the top of the mountain, seeing what it looks like on the other side, then coming back down the mountain and dragging a bunch of people up the mountain to try to see what you saw. You know, so let's just read this. Numbers 12, six through eight. And the Lord said to them, now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. I speak to him face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? You know, I find this interesting that uh, the Lord said in all of my house, he is the one that I trust. It's amazing how God trusted Moses, but none of the people did. I mean, it's amazing. Three million people spoke against Moses for forty years, and only two didn't. And so, so sometimes I'm not. I'm, this is y'all. I'm not creating a message for y'all to have sympathy on me. Trust me, I I know how to deal with stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm just, I'm just trying to get you to understand some things that you know. Sometimes as leaders, uh, God will tell you to make a decision, and sometimes the masses don't approve of it. I get a lot of attacks, uh, particularly my stance on, um, um, you know, I, I'm. No, I'm not going to do that today, Jesus. I'm not going to do that today. I'm just still amazed at how Christians want to attack me simply because I believe I should pray for the president every single day. Whether he's the devil or not, I should pray for the president every single day. and People just like, oh, I mean, when he met with those African-American pastors and people were going after John Gray, how dare you sit next to him Why he got the Ebola virus or something? I mean, it's amazing to me how God says to treat your enemies president is not your enemy, but how God says for how in the scripture, how it tells us to pray for our enemies and how to, and, and how to treat our enemies. This is your enemy. And most people won't even preach. Most people won't treat Christians the way that the Bible says to treat their enemy. It's deep. I'm good, though. Like I said, I don't open up the church to make friends. I especially, never mind, I'm, ooh, I'm getting personal this morning. You know, it's crazy. You fellowship with people for their benefit, and then they want to turn against you. Dude, I was good. <laughs> me, I'm not inviting me to something like I'm supposed to be on the couch at home, depressed, crying. <gasps> they didn't invite me to the pastoral club. I'm sorry. Y'all pray for me this morning. So, but we're talking about dreams and how God reveals himself. You know, and then let's look at the second one. Job 33, 14 through 18. It says, for God speaks again and again. Or the King James says, he speaks once, then maybe twice. Though people do not recognize it, he speaks in dreams and in visions of the night when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from doing wrong He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave and from crossing over the river of death. So the main purpose for dreams, one of the main purposes is to turn you away from many different type of decisions. You know, God is always trying to keep you on the wrong, keep you on the right path, keep you on the right path. And so, you know, I get, you know, in seasons I get plagued with dreams about other people. Some people that are not even a member of this church. And, and the Lord just plaguing us with dreams about their demise. And I mean, it's just crazy. I got two people I got to call right now over that. You know, it's extremely frustrating. So, but whatever, that's not my issue. I'll just tell them the truth. They don't listen. That's not my issue. That's theirs. Okay, so, so, you know, I just want to share with you uh, the three bicycle dreams. Um, it's what you, the two that I'm particularly going to share, what you call it, I receive what you call a checkpoint dream, where the Lord gives you a dream. And then when that dream is fulfilled, he then gives you a second dream because you reached a checkpoint, and uh, and so you know I had these dreams, a lot of weird dreams I'm having about people and about things, and it's just weird. And um, and then this morning, um, I did not have a dream last night, but this morning when I woke up, I woke. It's imagine being sleep, but you wake up to a vision. <laughs> Lord is. Whew. Okay, so you know my first bicycle dream was some of you uh, mentioned before it was a, uh, and here's the definition of a bicycle dream. It's taken from the book The Divinity Code to understanding your dreams and visions. You can put that up. Um, the bicycle definition. So and one of the things that I preach about these two gentlemen that wrote this book called The Divinity Code because you should not look up and Google the definition of dreams. It will be given from a psychoanalytic, demonic, goofy. Way wrong source, because if God is the giver of dreams, and yes, He gives unbelievers dreams all day long. If God is the giver of dreams, then the interpretation is found in the word. And so, any area you try to get an interpretation dream from that's not in the word. You're gonna automatically be off. You know, you be doing all type of goofy stuff. I'd heard some of the most goofiest stuff. I'm like, if I was a sinner, I wouldn't even believe that mess. You know. But one of the things that I appreciate about the book is the two gentlemen said, look. The book is a resized resource guide, they said, but we cannot think totally for the mind of God. So when you go over into the book and you have certain things and certain definitions when it comes to certain things. um, You know, don't just be like, oh, this is what it means. No, you need to pray because my bicycle when the Lord gives me a bicycle dream, it does not match with this definition. It never does. I'm giving you this in case some of y'all go look in the book, and bicycle, wait a minute, he is off track. So, in and in, in, in many a times in a bicycle dream, a bicycle can mean an individual on a humbling journey, nor horse, nor horse, no horsepower, a self-propelled ministry, doing things in your own strength, which I know that is not the case. An inferior ministry, <laughs> denying or without the power of the Holy Spirit, no self-employed spiritual framework linking god's spirit with our spirit and wrong spirit riding in the wrong direction absolutely not okay so the first uh the two dreams that i'm just going to give you the third one because i've only had three bicycle dreams the first one was um in the dream i had went on a long i had left the house and went on a journey and i ended up at this destination and we were looking all of these blueprints with all these other men i recognize that now at this point that some of those men were angels And I was at this place, and I was looking at all of these blueprints concerning the future plans that I had. And then, um, and so then my wife and I had to ride my uh, bicycle to get there. And so all of a sudden, my wife she rolls up on her bicycle, and she comes in the door, and I was like, I could not believe that my wife had rode her bicycle all the way to this building. And she said something like, you know, yeah, I don't want you to leave me, et cetera, et cetera. And so, uh, so long story short, I got caught up in the business of the blueprint. And, um, and then for some reason, my car turned into a, my bicycle turned into a car. So we were done with the meeting. It's getting, uh, dark outside. And so I jumped in my car and started driving and, uh, I got to another destination. And when I got to the destination, this was weird in the dream, the Lord showed me my wife. I had left my wife and she was on the bicycle riding down this long road all by herself. And so uh, this is the first time I've ever been able to tell that dream without crying because the Lord hit me in my gut. I can't imagine you can't imagine the feeling that I had in that dream seeing my wife driving down this long dark road all by herself trying to catch up with me. And it was a warning dream for the Lord to say, Do not leave your wife when you're get you know what I'm saying? It's not that I would have done that on purpose, but you can get caught up in stuff and you know, and and you know, you already got enough stuff to deal with and so y'all got that. So, so the Lord was just. Sometimes you. Is it warm in here? Or is it just me? No, it's, it's just me. I've been feeling that way all this morning for some reason. So that was a warning dream using bicycles. So the very first dream, uh, I don't know, whatever. The the dream that I had concerning um the ministry, was uh, I'd have to be honest with the dream is that uh, you know I've dealt with a lot of um, shunning in my life. Um, even before um, I became a christian I, it was all preparing me for uh even when I was an unbeliever, uh, the Lord was preparing me for dealing with a lot of opposition in order to fulfill the will of God. so I've always dealt with a lot of shunning and people not thinking I was going to do anything and and so uh um um so uh in this dream, I was on a bicycle, and you know it was funny little Lord used cycling. But I was, you know, how a cyclist dressed with all of the fancy gear, and, and, and I was over by my house, and, and, and this group of cyclists came off the freeway. It's called a Peloton, and uh, it was a group of cyclists, and uh, the, these cyclists, by the way, represented other ministers, other preachers, and other ministries uh, at that time. And so when they came off the freeway, you know, as a group, I saw them, I was like, oh, cool, I can ride with them. But when they came off the freeway they looked at me and and they all took off and made the decision that, that 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 they did not want me to ride with them so that this is all true this is speaking ministerially as they say this is a real life this has been real life concerning me and so they took off because they knew that in real life if you ever watch cycling um they start out as a group, and then a few guys will come to the conclusion, let's break away from the group and go as fast as we can, and maybe we can win the race. And the group will let them get way out there, and then the group will say, okay, now let's band together, because the bigger the group of cyclists, the faster they can move. So, so, and if you ever watch cycling, it almost happens every time. Two or three guys will break away from the group. It'll be a surprise advance, and they'll get way out there, two, three miles ahead, cranking, and then the group would say, okay, we got to reel them back in so they can win. And then the whole rest of this race is this big group trying to catch these two, three guys. And the two, three guys are just working together, trying to push it, trying to push it, trying to push it. And that big old group comes for them like a monster. It's an amazing thing to see that big group. So the point that I'm making is it is possible, it's always 100% possible scientifically for the big group to catch the small group. It is impossible in the natural for the small group to catch the big group. You cannot. If there are 10 cyclists and they break away from me and I'm the 11th guy and they break away, I cannot catch them. It's not possible scientifically because of the science behind the, the bigger the group, there's a force that happens with the group. And the more cyclists you add to that group, they can move with speed. They can just move with speed. You ever notice that they always, I'm, I'm teaching this for a reason because of the dream. You always know that those cyclists are right behind each other. The front guy is the one that's breaking the wind. So the other guys are all in a slipstream and they're conserving their energy. When that guy he pushes, he gets too tired, he moves over to the side, and the guy that was resting in his slipstream, then he takes he takes the lead. This is also how ducks fly, by the way. This is how they're able to fly all the way to another state, is because the head duck is breaking the wind. And so and so in the group so imagine imagine you got, you know, a hundred guys and and ninety nine of them are all resting. Now you can operate at a, see what I'm saying? But the one guy that's trying to catch him, he has to break the wind. So unless he is Superman, it is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So you see races where one guy will get dropped. He just stops riding. Well, I'm not going to catch the, it is impossible for one guy to catch the group. So in the dream, the group takes off and I get mad. And I get mad and I, and I go into this mode. You know what? I know it's impossible but I'm gonna catch these fools in the dream. This is what I'm thinking, Mr. T. So they took off and then I took off. And so they were on a road that was parallel to mine. And so, And so I could not see what they were doing. They couldn't see what I was doing. And so I'm flying down this road all by myself. And I am going so fast that in the dream, I recognize that it's impossible for a man to move this fast. Because there's this wind on my back and the wind is pushing me. That's the anointing of God. Okay. It's the grace, the anointing of God is pushing you. You can't do this in your own strength. And so and so so I'm 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 on the street and then I jump over to the street and I notice I see them up ahead. Now this is impossible to natural. And I'm starting to catch them, I'm starting to catch them. And then the dream ends when I have finally caught the group and I'm beginning to pass them, and they're all looking over at the right. How in the world did this guy catch us in this period of time? And the dream fades out as I have caught them and they're all looking as I begin to pass them. So I did not know when the dream was given seven years ago that that, that was a seven year dream that the Lord was giving me. He was showing me what was going. It was like a little small synopsis, small snapshot of this is what's going to happen over the seven-year period. I did not know that until when the seven years ended, the Lord then gave me the second dream. The second dream that he just gave me a few days ago picked up from where the first dream left off seven years ago to show me what the next seven years were going to be. So this is what (laughs) i So, (laughs) So in real life, that has happened, you know, it's unfortunate that that has happened, but uh, but, um, but that has happened. And so, you know, my wife and I could never understood why we were a smaller ministry and so many seemingly larger ministries were threatened by us. And we're like, we're not doing anything. But, you know, people, for whatever reason, got their own personal threats or whatever. So So that has happened. And so some of the very individuals that despise us now come to us for help. Um, and so, and, and I've gotten phone calls from ministries who they're like, dude, we don't know what y'all drinking over there because, and so now they're listening, they're learning, they can't figure out, you know, I mean, I get a lot of questions, so bam. So this dream picks up, and when this dream picks up, the bicycle that I was riding in the first dream um, had become a car. That was representing the maturity of it. So it had become a car. And I was I was trucking along, and then the car ran out of gas. It ran out of gas, and I was a little frustrated. Like, okay, man, car ran out of gas, ran out of gas, and and so as soon as the car ran out of gas, the car then turned into a more powerful bicycle than when I was riding seven years ago. And this time, I wasn't catching up with bicycles; I was catching up with cars. And so the dream ended. With me catching up with huge, fancy cars and SUVs. And I'm in, tra- I'm in like traffic. I'm, I'm talking about like freeway traffic. And everybody's like, who is this dude on the bicycle passing us while we're driving down the street? Okay, And it was very fast and it was very, very simple. But that dream, it turned, it turned into a bicycle. It was a more powerful bicycle than what I was riding. I was a machine. This crazy thing is I used to do this in real life. I got two tickets. Um, <laughs> I was a beast on that bicycle, I'm telling you. But I would do stupid stuff. And because, and, I mean, there's a reason I know bicycles cost 10 grand. And I would jump right, if the wind was to my back, I'd jump right in the left lane of traffic and we'd be doing 45, 50 50 miles an hour. And, and the traffic would be like, would you look at this? Police officers would pull me right over. Sir, I understand. That you think you're Superman, you can keep up. But no, you are impeding traffic. So I got in trouble twice over that. So um, so, um, so, in, so in this dream, it was cars. It was really nice SUVs. I seemingly remember that. And this dream, it, it faded out the same way as I had approached the cars. And I'm keeping up with them. I'm now past. I'm moving faster than the cars. And then the dream faded out. With everybody looking at me like, we can't believe this, but I was still a bicycle In the dream I knew that the bicycle was actually a larger ministry, but in the God's, but in God's eyes, even though it was large, it was still a bicycle based on what was, it was going to be. okay so what remember this, what you see is large is small. Yongi Cho, when he wrote down, he was praying for 10,000 members. how I many you know? it's a lot of people. He said when he was praying, the Holy Spirit told him, write down 100,000, that's too small. See, so what your idea big is small to God. So he wrote down 100,000 but ended up with 2 million. <laughs> because whatever God tells you to write down, that's the first checkpoint. Yes. See, so, so the next seven years, though, are going to be very, very different. And so I can't really share the vision that the Lord gave me this morning, but I woke up to a vision and the vision was letting me know that the pieces were in place to build an empire for God. And I'm sitting there, and, and he sh- it was like a, well, yeah, I can't share that. I can't share that. Well, it was, it was a round table, and there were certain individuals sitting around the round table. And these individuals, um, the Lord said, these are individuals that are getting ready to build my empire. And so, so there are a lot of changes coming. I just wanted to share with you that dream. Um, in the dream, when the dream ended, um, um, these are spiritual things. There's a lot of things you'll know in a dream. When the dream ended, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the first dream was based on the first seven years. I knew that this dream was based on the next seven, and I knew that when the next seven end, that there's going to be another dream given. Okay. So it's it's time has to bypass. So I have to share these things with you because the Lord desires to do the same thing for you. And this is the reason why there are some dreams you can have and you won't have the interpretation. You think you'll have the interpretation of it, but you won't have the full interpretation of it until time goes by, time goes by. There are some dreams, particularly if it's given once, it can be a long time. If it's given twice, it can be a shorter amount of time, but it can still be years. If you are constantly, if you have a dream three times, it's really, really right. If you have a dream multiple times, it's generally something that's going on right in your life right then. You just can't see it. The Lord just keeps plugging with the same dream and you got to figure out what is the Lord showing me that's right in front of my face that I can't see. You know, Joseph gave an interpretation of that. He said the dream, when it's given twice, it means that it will shortly come to pass. Now, remember, your definition of short is different than God's definition of short, okay? So so I just want to let you know that I have a, let me say something. Unfortunately, Anyone who thinks, and this is not y'all, this next phase is going to be very, very uh, dangerous and that I won't be able to keep up with it. You're going to have to see me do things and you're going to be like, why are they doing that with that individual? Uh, There are going to be people, it's it's funny because people now come with different motives. Um, This next season, unfortunately, is people trying to join something because they see where it's going. I get that a lot now first-time visitors who they, they 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 say it out of their mouth oh i see where this is going and because they see where it's going they want to join it and take advantage of it and actually corrupt it and so that was a warning dream that the lord gave us about the music there was a there's a i don't know if it's wise for me to say her name but as a gospel singer if i said her name everyone in here knows it and she was sitting right there next to her husband who was also a business manager and in the dream, they were sitting right there and they had an attitude with us in the dream. The interpretation of the dream was is that the young lady, she represented the gospel singers and the gentleman, he represented the business managers of those gospel singers. They were hot and upset at us because they recognized that we had created a new level of music, but we were not going to let them come in and corrupt it. And they want because you know everybody's looking, for, you know, they're looking for what's trending, what's hot, what's the newest thing, who look like they about to bring it in and people want to align themselves with that. And so, uh, and so, you know, so that's the thing. Let me say something. I know I'm a little bit over, but you know, we said 10 o'clock, but we'll give me a couple more minutes. Um, One of the things that the Holy spirit revealed to me in the last couple of days is that uh, I had misjudged ministry. We have all been taught to look at ministry based on what we see churches do. And so what, granted, you know, I have a few pastors right now, and I shouldn't say a few, a couple pastors that call me because they're frustrated because their church won't grow faster. You know, and I was like, well, dude, don't be worried about that. Don't worry about that. So every desire wants his church, every pastor desires his church to just blow up overnight, usually for prideful reasons, by the way, blow up overnight. And so, and so because you see, when, when, when churches open up, the major push is always get as many people as you can as fast as you can. And so because that's the culture out there, God had to tell me, he said, that is completely wrong. And he said, and, and what they do is they put pressure on you, but say, because we got to get to as many souls as fast as we can. And the Lord was like, no, you don't. If that was the case, then I would have been sent after Adam's sin. I waited 4,000 years before I came. And then when Jesus was born, he waited 30 years because he came, before he came on the scene. That means that before Jesus came on the scene, while this perfect man who could have healed anybody was on the planet for 30 years, that means people were dying from sickness and disease. People were dying, demon possessed. People didn't hear nothing. Y'all know what I'm saying? So with God, he's not in a rush like we are. We're the ones in a rush because of our common sense. This kingdom of God does not operate by common sense. It doesn't operate by sense at all and so your senses will mess you up what you see what you hear what you feel etc so you know um hold on just a second oh god um there was something in my mind what was I just talking about common sense oh no so I was talking with my wife yesterday about how um, the Lord just revealed to me he said what most pastors don't understand is that the ministry is an actual being it's a body there's a reason why one of the first dreams that was given to our ministry is the lord gave my wife a dream of a baby in her lap and the baby and my my wife my wife was babysitting for someone and my wife said the baby fell asleep so my wife fell back she fell asleep and when she fell asleep a dream started and when the dream started it was her on the same couch with the same baby And the baby regurgitated three different things, condoms, safety pin, candy wrappers. I mean, it was like, hey, you need to take this one back. So, but the interpretation of the dream was, is that my wife did that when we had first started the ministry, new baby, new ministry. And so the baby in the dream represented Lionheart Church. And the Lord was saying, um, in order for you to move forward and become healthy, you're gonna have to deal with three things when you start. The condoms represented sexual immorality, the um, candy wrappers represented gossip. People love candy. Watch this. Pull out, pull out candy in front of somebody. What does everybody else do? Ooh, can I have a piece? See, see. but that's how gossip is. Start gossiping. Everybody want to hear, a of that gossip. So it was what was using candy. And so, and then, and then the, thank you, y'all. Okay, y'all, I like guess. <laughs> John is like, come on, man, I want to get to the point. Okay, third one was the safety pin. The safety pin was representing the people who would join our church who had broken issues in their life that hadn't been repaired completely or correctly. So, you know, like if, if, a, if a woman tears her dress or her blouse, first thing she asks for is what? Safety pin, But it's a temporary fix. And so because of the temporary fix, if you don't get it fixed correctly, the tear will become worse. And so, so the Lord was saying those are the three things that your ministry is going to have to regurgitate up in order to move forward and become healthy. And those are the three things that we dealt with so the point that i was making is is that church babies represent churches human beings represent churches and so in the same way when a new baby is born guess what has to happen for a long amount of time before you let that baby go out into the world and bring it a long time of education you know nobody expects a baby to be born and you go out there and get a job the next day you know there's a season there's a season where the baby just got to learn what it feels what it feels like to be a baby you know what i'm saying the baby just has to have a season where she's just fed not out there doing business not out there working not out there even schooling fed and see people looking at me strange why we didn't do evangelism for the first five years and why we didn't have praise and worship and why we didn't do this because the lord was saying you're doing ministry correctly don't assume that because you started a church that you're supposed to be out there wielding a sword. The same way that a baby is born and has to go to school and has to learn. And then eventually when they get to a certain amount of maturity, then we start letting the baby even have a job and, and do certain things. And, and it's not until 18 years that they actually step out into the world and the education process still starts. And so technically, when it comes to human beings, you're not really ready to do anything until about 24, 26. So in the same thing with churches, same thing. You know, don't, don't just because you can talk doesn't mean that you're ready to, you know what I'm saying? So th- it's the same thing. And so that's the reason why you see churches that blow up real fast in the beginning. You usually don't know where they are in the end but, because the, the growth was out of order. You didn't learn certain things. You just jumped out there. It's like giving a, a five. It's like letting a six-year-old join the police department. The crazy parents, you know, never mind. You see this overseas when they give these young kids machine guns in Africa, and and, and, and Arab countries, yes. giving these young kids machine guns, and they have no proper judgment. They can shoot you though. And so what happens is is that that's why you have a lot of churches. They just shooting stuff, but not skillful. So so this next phase is the Lord maturing us, and so I have to bring a lot of changes. Let me say this. Let me say this, and then we're done. And that is, y'all, I, I'm a. Every time, I just leave it alone because I know there's coming a group, there's coming a remnant in this church at both locations. These folk hungry, y'all. I'm telling you. And these folk hungry. And and because of their hunger, what will happen is, is that if you treat the things of God shabby, you know, let me just come do my little church attendance thing. Y'all, I know, I hate to make people feel bad. My wife and I have six kids. Never late. People keep are all these more excuses than a person in jail. Oh, you know, I was in the wrong place in the wrong time. And you have to plan. You can't come here, you all. This is because one of the things that the Lord showed me, he showed me what's against me. And when he showed me what's against me, then I realized why certain people, even at our own church, keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. You have to press. This is not no regular church. I'm telling you. And you're about to see some stuff over these next seven years. I'm about to adjust some things, about to change some things. All of this is divine timing and divine alignment. Again, this ain't coincidence. Okay, I wish I could have showed you those people that were sitting around the table. They sitting around the table. He I couldn't believe he said, Yeah, he said, You didn't even know it. He said, I was putting the major pieces for this empire in place. Each one of them. Each one of them. They were sitting around the table. I gotta have a meeting with them. Okay, they were sitting around the table. He said, These are the individuals, he said that are going to make this thing into an empire for me. And nothing will begin to bring this thing down. All of this is not a coincidence, that seven-year dream, and then this one, and then this Lord giving me this, I woke up to the vision of the people sitting around the table, and he showed me the faces of each individual that was sent here to build build this empire. And then there's no coincidence, of course, now I'm going overseas to visit this man in Nigeria. See the strategic timing of it? See, but if I'm worried about just trying to grow a church so I can make it seem like everything is normal like everybody else, I miss all of this. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. It's okay that I started slow. When God pushes that button. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, what God is like, no, wait, Jesus. I know you want to get out there. Remember what Jesus said at 12? Yeah, please let Stacy know that, that I'm going to be there in 10 minutes, tell her I had to go over again because we, she going, somebody let their girl know. Remember what, remember what Jesus, you know, I'm, you remember what Jesus told his parents at 12? Uh, Don't you know I must be about my father's business? Watch this. That shows you how fast Jesus was itching to get out there. Itching to get out there. Itching to get out there. Get out there. But his father wouldn't let him. So much so. And see, that's what I told somebody yesterday, that is probably the main reason why after Jesus was born, you hear nothing about his father again. Because his father got tired of Jesus saying, I'm doing this because of my father. I got to be about my father's business. When they found him in the temple, it was because he walked away from him. They went on a three-day journey and found out the son wasn't there. They go back. Can you imagine your, your father looking your father looking for his son, thinking the boy might be dead or something? You find this boy up in the temple preaching at folk 50 times his age. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's an exaggeration. And then when you say to the boy, what is your problem? Why would you do something like this? And and the boy says, don't be questioning me. Don't you know I must be about my father's business? (laughs) Joseph got tired of hearing that. He got tired of hearing my father this and my father that and my father this and my father that. So Joseph was like, well, fine then. I ain't your father no more. You go ahead and do what your father tells you to do. And that's why I believe you don't ever hear anything about Joseph again, ever. Complete silence. Mary was always there, the mama, but the dad was gone. Because he's just like, I ain't about to deal with this boy sitting up here. It's already crazy that the boy is not even my son. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, I am the father. I'm raising you. Now you're telling me you ain't my daddy. You know what I'm saying? I'm just keeping it real. This is what Joseph had to deal with. He had to deal with this. And that's why it's silent. You know, but this stuff is dangerous, folks. This stuff is dangerous. And if you hear God didn't send you here to just soak up air. I'm telling you. So. So it's gonna be a major work. People always want, unfortunately, people have prayed and they've been asking the Lord, I need something, I need something that can you know what I'm saying? They've been praying for something. And unfortunately, some of the people who prayed for this when they joined, they thought that they were perfect. They thought because they prayed it into existence they wouldn't have to change i still remember a gentleman when we first opened the church he stood right there he stood right there he stood up in the service i thought he's gonna take the mic he said i just want to say brother that you are a man of god okay, but the d on the end it sounds spiritual you know put a man of god he said i believe that you are a moses to this generation i just want to encourage you brother because god has sent you and anointed you and appointed you he was all that until the sword hit his chest and when the sword hit his chest then i was the devil so it's a dangerous thing you know let me say something I understand people tell me that I am a dangerous man I'm a dangerous man because I don't care what men think okay I'm gonna try to tell the best of my ability to follow the Spirit of God but this next phase is not a Lord saying okay now you got to do the things that other men try to do in the beginning so it's a shift coming a lot of things gonna be instituted you know even all the way down to you know this thing with the back door you know that was really somebody else's idea. I never really liked people coming in the back door of a church, so we might shift that and have y'all come in the front door to turn it into a festive atmosphere. How many of you been to another church and you walk in the door and they got a table there? You got people greeting you and cheering and all of those things. Probably had a teenager and the young people. They like that type of stuff. Have signs, all of that. So, so you know, just pray for us in that regard. But let me say something. I'm not gonna say this too often, but but again, Lord didn't send you here to soak up air just kind of nonchalantly just kind of do and just whatever. And, and this ain't this type of church. You might want to go find some other place down the street where the whole congregation is that way. Like I said, I will never have a people problem and I will never have a money problem. And because I'm all that, all you got to do is just follow the spirit of God and the spirit of God will never build anything like you think it should be built. So when people come in here and try to tell me that I'm doing it wrong, okay, I'll keep that in mind Why it keeps on climbing and increasing. We're supposed to be baptizing children right now. And Devon told him in the hallway, he said, how long are you going to be? I said, I don't know, brother, we'll be ended at 10 o'clock. He said, like I said, how long are you going to be? I just shook my head like this brother don't believe in me. Yeah, well, it's a reason because you keep... You know so but that's cool so you know it is there are things coming you all i'm telling you there's things coming It's things coming and the lord has to build something to match what's coming i'm telling you and so uh so it's the reason why we connected to that thing i mean uh i can't wait to go over there i'm off i'm going to i'm I'm not taking i'm not taking no little raggedy pictures from my iphone i'm going over there with a camera because i got to take pictures to show you all this stuff. I mean, because just seeing it from afar and hearing about it and how um, entire countries are asking this man not to come open up a church. They're asking this man to run their country. Entire countries are asking him, would you please come run our country? Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, you talk about a man who he, he shows who we really are. I really appreciate the Lord making him my pastor. You know, um, a president, I want you to imagine this, a president from another country showed up and didn't tell them he was coming. showed up at the man's offices and said, I'm here to see Bishop Oudipo. So they let him know, you know, president such, such, such is here to see you. He said, fine, he'll have to wait. I'm still fellowshipping with my heavenly father. He was like, there's nobody that exists that is more important than my, he said you would stop praying immediately because you caught up in the president. you imagine Donald Trump coming to your house and um, and FBI knocking on the front door? And, and and my wife comes to the front door can i help you uh yes we donald trump is here to see your husband about a personal matter and my wife comes and tells me donald trump is at the front door and i'll say well let them know i'll be there in 15 minutes i'm not done with my prayer time yet and the president waited see so 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 we have to change this culture by which we think we owe worldly folk any explanation for anything that we're doing you know what i'm saying but they're not strong enough to handle that. That's the reason why so many leaders are weak and and as soon as they get put into a corner. You know what the Holy Spirit told me something day before yesterday. He said, any attacks that come against you, he said today, all you got to do is just ignore it. He said, because they are so impatient today, they just go with the next thing that's trending. Back when I was growing up, if they attacked you, oh man, they set up camp today. They attack you as long as it's exciting until another story comes up and then they stop attacking you. It's crazy. So go ahead and stand. Thank you, O Lord. So I you know, kept a little simple thing. So I'm just helping you to understand there are lots of people that have misjudged us. And it's because they misjudge God. You know, I told the Lord, okay? I said, and, and the Lord connected me with a man. God told me the same thing he told Bishop Udipo. He said, I am not going to have you go as other men go. I'm sending you. i never forget Kenneth Copeland most of y'all know Kenneth Copeland is I, I, I can't find that video I don't know they took it down what Kenneth Copeland he goes over there he said I don't even know why y'all invite me over here he said I don't even know why you invite me and I watched that video with tears in his eyes and he said every man need to be connected to this man in the planet he said because this dude by himself is about to shut this planet down and they're watching him do it they're watching him do it I mean just it's insane so you know it's it's plenty of the regular out here and, and you know I get caught it's funny um Albert's wife she gave a testimony about her experience here it blew me away and it showed me how we really are different and so her testimony that she gave on Facebook about our church made other people in other states become members of our church even though they haven't been here just by reading her testimony they're like it's a church like this she's like yeah so we're creating something special you know, but the Bible says don't despise small beginnings. Okay, and, it's, and the reason it says that is because when God is in something, it's not supposed to move fast in the beginning, folk. Okay, right now churches know how to do certain things to make it move fast. Look at us, you know, the colors and the branding. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, I'm going to put on the greatest rock and roll show that you have ever seen. Okay, but, 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 but in the beginning, nothing starts big. It doesn't. Anything that starts big is a form of perversion. I'm letting you know that. I don't care how it started. It's a form of perversion. It's off. Nothing starts big in the kingdom. Everything starts as a what? Seed, and then it grows. It grows. It grows. And so that's the reason why I mean, even my previous, even my previous pastor. He said there were five other guys that started out with, at the same time. He said they were all shooting stars. And he said we don't even know where their churches are right now. See, so it's, it's this. So that at the end, ooh, Jesus, let me tell you something. I saw I saw part of the end. Tell me, when I, when I tell you, let me tell you, and when I say the Lord, and, and let me say this, Jesus, I'm way over time. Because there are some people, there are some people, now it's a difference if a person leaves because they believe they're led to go to another place. Or not. But there are some people that left, they have left, and they have no idea that when they left, their destiny went right out the door. Because, let me tell you something, the individuals that the Lord showed me sitting around this table are for the purpose of taking this thing into a dimension that can't be put into the category. And every person that's here is going to get a personal financial benefit because of it. Y'all have no idea what's in my head. I'm t- What's in my head is where I won't need the government for nothing. Whether you take my 503 or not, it won't matter. It just won't matter. I mean, so to see, to, you know, to see my personal pastor over there, they just got their own electrical plant. If all of Nigeria go down, his stuff's still running. Making cars and, and got their own water plant and got their own banks and built their own, got three private universities that they say that Yale and Harvard is not on the level of these universities. Now they, they got 25,000 acres of land building their own neighborhoods and their own homes and their own apartments. He is literally building his own world within a world. Hey, now they're building this 100,000-seat sanctuary. It look like Noah's Ark. 100,000-seat sanctuary, too small to have six services a day. Too small. He said, when we build that, he said the Lord will then give me the blueprint to build a 200,000-seat. You're already in the Guinness world of Record Records for the largest sanctuary, 50,000. And i gotta show you all these pictures can you imagine a service where fifty thousand people are sitting inside but fifty-two thousand people are sitting outside in the sun listening can't even see just listening because they tell you i've been, oh, i'm going but but they tell you they said there is something on that property they said where angels walk around like men and that's the lord is trying to take us into that so i'm not against any other church like she prophesied or I can't remember if it was Lisa prophesied or I prophesied. Maybe both of us prophesied. I don't know. That this ministry alone would cover at least 100 churches. Just our presence would cover 100 churches. This church has been... Pre- this one of the many things this church has been called to be is a bodyguard in the spirit to other churches. And so uh, it's kind of like, you know, how have a United States has an alliance. You know, attack Israel and see who shows up. Attack South Korea and see who shows up. Okay. So that's how it's going to be with us. Is that, um ooh, Jesus, there's some stuff coming. So, I hope y'all are excited. But y'all, so yes, be here. Don't be here on time. Be here early. Okay? You affect the atmosphere when you show up late and you're not here to pray. What happens is, is that because you show up carnal, the folk that are here early, we all got to spend extra time to pull the rest of the folk up because they here in the flesh. And that, and all, that's all Satan using individuals. Slow this machine down. Whatever you can, stop this. Come against the members, okay? You're going to have crazy thoughts, all of that. You're going to think I'm the devil. I'm going to think you the devil, okay? But it'll be the devil, <laughs> okay? Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Praise you, bless you, and honor you, oh, Father God, for your goodness and your mercy, your loving kindness, O oh, Lord God, which is better than life. Thank you, O oh, Lord God. Praise your holy name forever. Thank you, Father God, for this new season, this new dimension. Thank you, O oh, Lord God for a demonstration of the kingdom of God through this church. We pray, O Lord God, that as we move deeper into the things of God, as we move and become more powerful, as we become more wealthy, we pray, O Lord God, for grace so that we will become more meek and we will become more humble. Let us never be an enemy, O Father God, to your friends, and let us never be a friend to your enemies. Thank you, O Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, O Father God. Help us, O Lord God, to support. Let us be a strength, O Lord God, for those that are weak. Those, O Lord God, that are weak, let us be a strong, a strong tower, O Lord God. We thank you. Thank you, O Lord God, for what you are doing, what you have birthed, for it will be glorious. Thank you, Lord God, that the enemy will not be able to do anything against it. It will free many people. It'll free many people, O Lord God. It'll prosper many people. Thank you. It'll save many people. It'll deliver many people. Thank you, O Lord God. Thank you, Father God, that it will be in a category that has never been seen before. Thank you, Lord God, for heaven manifesting itself. Lead us and guide us and correct us in any area that we are wrong so that we can stay in your perfect will, O God. Stay in your perfect will. So we thank you, Lord God, for this. Praise you for it now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All in agreement with that said. Amen, amen. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, O Father.